Welcome to the Business B-Side Podcast with Kim Westland. This is where we discover the stories of the people behind their businesses and inspiration for how their story might fuel yours. We're giving a voice to their B-Side, where the grit and the good stuff are. Let's flip the record over and pick up the conversation. Thanks for joining us today on the Business B-Side Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Westland. I'm so excited to dive in today because we're actually exploring the B-sides of Stephen and Melissa Ramkasoon. They're co-founders and the husband and wife team leading their company, Marketing Guardians. I actually had the pleasure of meeting this dynamic couple. Well, to be fair, I met Melissa first and then Stephen uh, a number of years ago when their company was very young and I've watched their business grow Uh, as well as their family, to get to where they are today. And it's great to have you here, and welcome to the Business B-Side. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, Kim. It's a pleasure for us to be here. Uh, I'm so glad you're here. It's it's not often I get to host a couple on the podcast. Uh, I've done this one other time with one other couple so far. So I feel like we're kind of getting double the impact and the value today. So that's awesome for our listeners. Uh, There's so many directions that I felt like we could take this conversation. We're going to talk about some of the struggles that you've faced as you've built your business, all while raising a family, and then how you've been tackling those problems together. And we're going to get real. We're not going to hold back today. We're just going to let the chips fall where they may, and I'll let you do that part. But uh, I definitely want to hear the real and the raw stories behind some of the struggles you've had. So let's start at the top. Uh, what does leadership look like in a husband and wife team? Oh, you want me to go first? Okay, Mel. <laughs> uh, this this is how leadership starts first <laughs> in, in, in a married couple. You got to figure enough. out who goes first. That's right. Um, here, here's the thing, though. Like, just to start this off, there's trust between us at the beginning to know that you know at any point in time, either of us can take a leadership role. But it's very important to actually figure out, okay, who goes first? It's one of the first lessons that we've we've learned because we're both very strong-minded, strong-willed, strong-opinioned people. And it's natural for us to both like, you know, okay, I got this. No, I got this. And part of the leadership lesson is to realize that you're, you're in a partnership and you're in it to help each other and, you know, we want to win. We want to win as individuals, but we also want to win together. So I think like, you know, the very first step of leadership as a couple is to just understand, you know, what our roles might be. And there are times when, you know, a leader may not actually be the first one to say something or the first one, uh, you know, to get in front of a crowd. You can also lead from a supporting perspective. And uh, servant leadership is is a a concept. And it's Mm. one of the things that we, we actively practice. I think it's one of the things that has allowed us to win in several difficult, um, you know, battles and challenging times in our life. Mel, I don't know if you want to add anything to that part. I love that you brought up servant leadership. Yeah. Like when you talk about servant leadership and stuff like that, that's something that we bring deep into our business and the way we work with our team. And we want our team to feel like they have ownership over what it is that we're building together. And so it becomes like, how can we support you? What is it that you need to be successful? And if we're not there to support them, or if we feel like we own this, so get in line and do what you are told. We come from that like very aggressive um, stance. We're not building the values that we've built at home 
into our business, it's just not the true version of us to expect that people who work with us are going to be undermined or disrespected or mistreated because that's not the values that we want for each other and that we want to build in the community yeah. around us. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, uh, Stephen, when you mentioned that you're both very strong leaders, so that that in itself is going to be challenging, I would imagine, as a couple in business. like they, It works on a, a number of levels there as to how you're yeah. going yes. to lead. Are you both firstborn? I'm just curious, because sometimes when those strong <laughs> leadership qualities... I just have to throw that in. Correct on both counts. Okay. That says a lot right there. There's a whole other <laughs> podcast we could do on, yeah. on being first born and being married because that creates a, a very interesting dynamic. So I am also an only child. Okay. All right. Well, that's yet again something <laughs> so, else. Built so she's in there. used to winning. <laughs> I'm used to no competition, no sharing. I think that all plays into leadership. So this is this is yeah. a really interesting way to start this discussion. Yeah, you mentioned values. If you were to pinpoint some values of how your company has been built, what would you say that that are foundational? I mean, the, the best place to answer that question is to kind of take us a step back a little bit. I know we talk about values in business, but I think when it comes to, in our case, a married couple that we're also both you know, running a company and running a family, the values for one quite often has to intersect with the values for another. I know one of the things we want to talk about is, you know, how this all got got started. And the thing is, our goal as a as a couple evolved into starting a business. That was never the, you know, once we got married, that was part of our, you know, our marriage contract. Hey, two years later, must start company. Right? Right, right. So, you know, family came first and out of that created the need to do something that, um, you know, rolled into this, in, into Marketing Guardians. Um, you know, we kind of talked about us both being firstborn children. It starts even deeper than that. Obviously, there's a different look between us. I grew up in the Caribbean. Mel grew up in, in Canada here. Her being an only child, you know, me having a, a younger sister. All of these things, like you know, your 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 social construct, your your upbringing, all of these things contribute to you know the value system that that you have. So, as you can imagine, when we first started our relationship, it became a a very active conversation about you know together as a couple, together in a relationship, we both have individual values that are. Yeah. It's not that they're completely different, but they're sourced from different. You know, schools of parenting. You know, I grew yeah. up with my and family. Different cultures. That's right. Culturally, like yes, that's a for sure, big difference, right? All these things contributed to creating our our value system. You know, whether it's it's, it's culture, it's family structure, it's it's even the the nature of you know being born in the Caribbean. It's it's a lot more laid back. You know, Very everybody much, jokes about yeah. island time, and it, it is a real thing. Like I have a watch that only works on island time. So just kidding. Uh, but not really. <laughs> so, so it's like all these things formed our initial value system. And out of those, once we got into a relationship, we had to figure out, okay, where do these intersect for us? You know, like, I mean, again, it's not an attractive way to look at it, but you think about it like a Venn diagram, you know, it's two individual circles coming together. What's our overlap? Because these are not the values we're going to put forward in our relationship, in our marriage, the one we get modeled for our kids. And by extension, that you know also goes into business. The other thing to differentiate about values, I think, from our perspective, is that um, 
it's easy to want to think that for the value system you create for your family or for your company, you create them. You know, let's let's right. think about, you know, what we want to put in place. I mean, for a lot of companies, you look at their value system and the first one is integrity. And, you know, I kind of have a pet peeve with that a little bit because, well, do you actually have to say that? Why even be in business if integrity is not already built in as a part of it? Do you have to say you value it? You know, I, I value air. When do I need it for life? So, you know, I look at it, I look at it like that. So it's like, let's actually summarize the things that we hold dear to us already. Let's summarize the things that are important to us because these are ultimately the way that in our worst days, we will still be representing these values because this is who we are. Um, Mel, I don't know if you want to kind of jump into this part of it, but we started off with what are the values we have as a couple? What are the values we have as a um, as a family? And mm-hmm. our business values were an extension of that. Because what right. we realized is, you know, for us as individuals, us as people, when we walk out the front door of our home, we don't change as people. Yes. So if we valued it here and was important, and this is how we would absolutely describe ourselves, and this is how we want people to see us, this is also how we want to reflect business as well. Well, and that's why this is such an important question, because this is something I have mentioned in previous interviews I've done is talking about, you know, the person that you are at home with your family, does it match the person you are as a business leader or an entrepreneur, whatever that looks like? And I think that's one of the great challenges of leadership today. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. I think that's a really important point. And I'm not sure why the values would be different. So yeah, Mel, what do you have to say about that? I think until recently, that sort of example of you have a certain life at home and you have a certain life in business have always been seen to be different. And so people put on this face at work that is this business face and it's different from home. And it's only in the last couple of years, especially with the pandemic, where it's like, no, actually, who you are should be who you are in every different instance. When you're talking to a person in a store that's putting through your groceries, you should be treating them with the exact same respect that you are treating a person in a boardroom who has the title of CEO. Because people should be treated the same no matter what area of life you meet them in. And if we can bring that value of treating everybody with the same equal love and respect, then we are always winning, right? And your character will always shine through. We have been talking about compromise this morning. (laughs) We've been talking the last day or two and we've been going through like all different kinds of like things we talk about. One of the things that came up for me is that compromising your values. Mm -hmm. And I think it happens too often. And then you can end up going down this road where you're trying to put forward or create a business that looks a certain way. But if you're going to ever compromise on your values, then those are not your true values. There's something else at work there. And it's more of like a desperate nature of going after whatever it is that you need to to get in that moment and not standing true to what the value is that you hold in your heart and being able to say no to things that you shouldn't compromise on because you're leading forward with the values that you need right now or that should stay always. Yeah. I would imagine being intentional 
and revisiting them on a regular basis and having them kind of in front of your face as, as you know in terms of of you know discussing and things like that are really really important to make sure that you're always aligning with them and not getting off track so yeah so many great well, points you both made Ken, if i could even just just give an example here like one of the values that overlaps with home and family and business is one where we, you know, we're open, we're open in, in communication and open in honesty. In business, what that translates to is we'll always put people over profits, right? Mm. But uh, an example is over the past year, I mean, the housing market has been, you know, insane, you know, just like most other families, we had the conversation about should we consider moving? Like, what, what does this look like? And things like that. And for us, it wasn't just a decision about like, you know, is it a yes or no answer? There were deeper conversations with it. And sometimes when you're dealing with a family, you know, five, three kids, it's a lot more to the conversation than just do you want to move? Like you have to factor in, you know, school and relationships and, you know, all these kind of things. Yeah. And for us in this conversation, we're like, okay, the only way for us to actually really know what the true answer is here is let's filter it through our value system. You know, mm. so within our home, within our community, within the school system, we value for our kids' relationships. We value, again, again just, you know, the community, the relationship you also have with, like, trusted people like your your pharmacist, you know, your your doctors, right. your dentists, all these kind of things. Moving changes that sometimes with regards to school. Our kids have friendships. we just come through a pandemic where their friendship circles has been really, really, you know, confined. Do we want to move and have them start again? Right. So it's like as we started filtering it through a value system, decisions become very easy, you know, because right. without having a filter for the biggest decisions in your life, which comes from your values. Um, again, if I had to, to, to describe it, it's like our values for us is pretty much our compass where, you know, here's our true north. Yeah. And it's easy to make any random decision because, you know, a compass could point in any direction. But if you want the real true, like, Here's where I need to go, filter it through your values. And that's what we've done with our personal life. On the same side, reflect that same value over in our business. I mean, over the years, we've naturally had to have several difficult conversations, whether it's with team members, whether it's clients. This value of being open in conversation is one that, honestly, it's it's saved relationships in business. You know, mm-hmm. I, I could recall one difficult conversation I had to have like a year ago with one of uh, our team members. And it's like, you don't like, you know, where you want a conversation to end. But sometimes when you have to start a difficult conversation, depending on how emotions can run, you know, what you're yeah. thinking, what I'm thinking, it could end in a, a place nobody wants. Yes. Right. But initially to start a difficult conversation, you know, we simply pull up our, our values and say, like, look, one of our values is actually being open in, in communication and being honest with this. So I'm going to put this value in front of us right now and ask that we open up a conversation. And I don't know where this is going to go, but here's where I would like it to end. So are you okay if we could have this conversation? And it usually transforms what could be a very difficult conversation. Yeah. one that's extremely productive yeah and when you've got that grounding in our marriage as well yeah yeah right? like hey i mean every marriage has you know their difficult conversations everyone um, 
I mean, it's it's a, it's it's a signal of being a real relationship, right? And for us, sometimes this value, how we've had to put it in place, is you know, Mel, let's have this conversation. Like, I know we're you know angry or disappointed at you know this particular thing, but here's where we want it to end up. Mm-hmm. So when you start with the end in mind, it just creates a safe space, and I think values give ultimately the the boundary lines to have safe spaces to run a business, safe spaces to lead a family. And yeah. that's why it's important that they're both very aligned because you can't yeah. live two different lives or you shouldn't. No, don't get it wrong. Not all arguments go that way. <laughs> no, ideally <laughs> we're talking structure into this argument. No, 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 yeah. not all. Yeah. <laughs> but it does help if you're both coming from the same place with the same understanding and the same foundation. You've agreed on what these values are. And I love what you said, Stephen, that it's all of a sudden when you're filtering through that agreed upon value system, decisions become easier. Sometimes they're difficult, but they become easier and more streamlined because you're actually following what you've set right. out to follow. So that that's a yeah. really important point. So I, I have to ask you, so your your business and your home life really intersected during the pandemic and and have really probably stayed that way since. And, you know, you had mentioned in a previous conversation that you're, you know, all of a sudden your bedroom became a home office, which, you know, that that that's not ideal. So how do you separate being business partners and life partners? I know the value system we talked about, super important, but but how do you do that effectively? What are your tools? So we took a long time talking about this question and going back and forth and trying to figure out like how we would answer what we would say. And at the end of it, it all just came down to one word. It's respect. We respect each other in the different roles that we hold and we value the skill set that each person is bringing to the table. And when there's conflict, we respect the other person and know when to step down and stand aside and to not receive that as a rebuke or receive it as like um, an attack or um, it's like, it's not aggressive. It's, it's okay. If in this moment, I am not the main voice and I'm not the one that's leading and it's okay in this moment, if he's not the main voice and he's not the one that's leading because trust and respect towards what we're bringing yeah and so just with business there's been so many different times where we're around a board table and um steven usually leads those conversations and every once in a while i'll be like hold my coffee moment and (laughs) sometimes the stuff i come up with in those moments to say are completely opposite to where Stephen thought the conversation was going and vice versa. We had a conversation with a client once that was really struggling and we had talked about what invoicing looked like and how to get through the payment. And I had a hold my coffee moment where it was like, I'm actually going to release you from the remainder of this invoice and forgive you for not fulfilling it. And it's okay. And like, that's not something we would do all the time. But in that instance, with all of the factors in that situation, that was the right thing to do. And it wasn't what we had pre-decided to do, but we trust each other enough that something like that coming out of left field, we know that the other person 
isn't crazy and that they're going forward with that for a reason. So my response to that might be, you know, I don't understand, but I trust. So, you know what, clearly you in hearing and listening, you know, you felt the need to react in a certain way. And you also did it knowing that I would, I would back you. So, all right, let's do this. We're a team. Yeah. And I would imagine that that would bring freedom into conversations and freedom to be in the moment, to not feel like, oh, I, I can't speak here knowing this is the right decision until I run this past or, <clears throat> you know, have those difficult conversations. But you you are allowed to be in the moment when need be and right. not yeah. recklessly, but but you, like you said, through that trust and through that respect that you have for one another, that's really important foundation to have. Yeah, absolutely. I also think that when when life and family and business and all these things intersect and overlap so much that one of the words that has to describe life has is, is, has to be fluid. Fluid, not in the sense of like you know, you know, our current culture's you know woke definition of like you know fluid lives and, and mm. all this kind of stuff, but it just has to be. One of the examples we talked about yesterday was like life as partners is like a relay race where there is a point where I'm on the sidelines or I'm waiting while you're the one actually championing this mm-hmm. part of it. But there comes a point where, uh, you know, Mel's running this leg, but whoa, school just called, something happened with kids or something. You need to pass this off. I'm there waiting. I knew it yeah. was coming. So I'm there waiting. I take it and I go. We don't have to stop at that one point and, hey, what just happened? Like, why are you, why are you not doing this anymore? You know, like I thought you were leading this thing and, you know, that's what I mean by fluid. It's like as partners in respect for each other, we're prepared to just pick it up and run with it. It's the only way we've been able to survive for the past couple of years. Absolutely. And we're in this together. Sometimes there's moments in business where you're out, you're on a family walk and business interrupts and there's a phone call and it's like one of us has to jump on it and turn to business for a few minutes because there's a fire or whatever. And then the opposite is true. Every once in a while, there's a moment where family takes priority. And there was this one time very recently, actually, and my three-year-old got a hold of an EpiPen and injected it into her hand. Oh my goodness. And I like, we were like, what? So I knew Stephen was downstairs on a work phone call. And I literally am like yelling from upstairs, hang up the phone. I know it's a work call. Hang up the phone. <laughs> like that kind of stuff because at, in that moment family was priority. Oh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, that that's a situation where yeah, it, it's business is is taking a backseat here. For, yeah, that that's I can't imagine. That that's a new one. I haven't heard of that happening before. So <laughs> she thought it was a felt pen. I'm like, how did you even get it? How did you even open it? How did you even know what to do? Like, Obviously, she was fine after all oh, yeah. was said and done. It turns out you call poison control and my three elders injected an epipen and dragon and an and they're like flash from Zootopia. Oh, that's okay. Let's see what we should 
do? And you're like, are you hearing me? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, what you mentioned about just the balance of, of work life and you as a couple, like there's just no room for selfishness there is really what that boils down to. You're in this together. And that's really about making sure that you're both looked after and respecting when you're in that relay race and handing off the baton that you've got the big picture in mind. And that's that's really what I'm hearing you say. And, you know, I have to ask you just kind of a side question to that conversation. How do you handle conflict or disagreements? And I know you touched on that a little bit, but I know that that's got to be a factor when you're dealing with people and family and life. You're going to come into conflict. Do you actually have a um, like a system or do you have you discussed that in length? I'm curious. Just hearing you talk about summing up how we are, it made me think instantly like, okay, but if we're going to get into some depth here, the the realness is like, for everybody, it is not always like that. It, mm-hmm. There are moments where you're just mad, you're upset, right? you're hurt, like emotions take over and people respond in crazy ways. That's why we see people having like adult temper tantrums on social media, right? Like you can't be perfect all the time. And it's recognizing that, okay, myself or Steven have gotten to like a bit of a breaking point in terms of maybe they're too tired. Maybe they're too stressed. Maybe they're overworked. Maybe I'm hungry, right? And so it comes down to like, how do we redirect this? And I mean, for Stephen, he is slow to boil over and I'm fast to boil over. If Stephen gets to the point of boiling over, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, Something's wrong. <laughs> Something's wrong. Then you Something know, really yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for Stephen, if I've boiled over, he just listens. Oh, just another day. He's just like, <laughs> but like he'll listen right and like be like okay okay and then I think out loud through what I'm saying as I'm yeah. thinking it okay all right maybe that was irrational maybe I should just chill out now maybe I could calm down but you know what? Break, break this down a little bit simpler and it's like okay forget being in a relationship forget being married and all that stuff for a second you know you have a best friend and you guys it's been a friendship for life and something happens and there's a conflict. You know, what, what do you do? Friends that, you know, want to make sure they fight for it because they value this relationship that they've been fostering since they were, you know, kids, you know, they might give each other some time, but they'll come back into it. And ultimately it's a conversation. They, they have to address something. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, in that sense, it's like, we're no different. Like we started our relationship you know, and we became best friends. And out of that, you know, love grew. We, you know, we got married. We have a family. That's the foundation. The foundation is we're best friends. So every conflict, every difficult moment, essentially in, in that worst moment, we come back to that baseline of, okay, what do we do? We care deeply for each other. You know, forget this thing that we're struggling with right now. This is just a thing. There's a bigger story around us. There's a deeper foundation. Yeah. You know, let's just isolate ourselves from this and work it out. Because honestly, when you're committed to each other, because you want to see each other win, you also want to win together as yeah. a couple. Um, it takes away the aggression. 
and I think Mel Kamel raised this point at the very beginning, respect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, you may not always be right in an argument or, um, you know, your opinion or something like that, but mm-hmm. because of this respect factor, you're like, okay, well, here's what I think, but hey, you share now and, and, and let's, let's actually talk about it. I think sometimes one of the biggest things that we face in this is it's also our personality type. So even to a kind of address that conversation, um, you know, Mel is somebody that she needs to reflect on something. She needs to take time to sort of unpack what went wrong in this. Why am I angry about this? Me, on the other hand, it's like, I want to resolve quickly for me. Like you're going to sit and stew on this for a whole day to try to unpack this and figure it out. That could add even more things to what's already there. Why don't we talk about it right now? And sometimes that's just a difference in personalities, right? One yes. wants to, you know, like one needs to process and the other one is prepared to deal with it now. And, you know, there has to be a compromise there sometimes, right? You yeah, gotta I don't know what to do. That's right. And I don't know why, but it's, it seems to be a typical thing. Marriages, one is exactly the opposite of the other. It's like this balancing each other out and, or, or iron sharpening iron, if you want to put it like that. That's the fantastic part. Like yeah. I would be hate. I would I would have hated to you know have married my like my, my similar personality. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think in in that sense, it's like when when times are great, great. Both of you are doing extremely well. When you know when it's not, then both of you are like you know you're in a dump. So yeah, part of the way that we kind of describe ourselves is I tend to stay on the side of like you know, an eternal optimist. Mel on the other side is not quite like that. So the thing is, that's why I say like, if if we were both the same way, there's no way to help each other out when there actually is, you know, a struggle of something. You They're know, actually I'm growing. the visionary, Mel's my, my, the, the grounding, the, the, the realist in that sense. Yeah. So sometimes like in business and in life, she'll pull me back, but I also provide the, sometimes the motivation to keep us pushing forward in a certain direction. You know, if it were all me, we'd end up all over the place. You know, if it were all her, we would be really slow to get to where we need to go. But together, you know, it's the perfect speed. And that's like when we realize that, hey, our skill sets actually in life and in business really complement each other. It just opens us up to like, you're perfect for my personality and my role and I'm perfect for hers. So it just opens up this trusting conversation even more. Yeah, I think sometimes again in that meeting when she decided to react a certain way, whatever you're seeing, I don't see it, but I trust you. So sure, let's do it. However, this works out. We'll talk about it. And that's an awesome place. So you can understand it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But in this moment, hey, go for it. That's an awesome place to get to. Yes. Oh, for sure. And I think sometimes we forget uh, as couples working together when there's conflict like that, as long as it's healthy conflict and you're recognizing each other, where each other plays a role in that conflict and you come together and understand, you're actually growing as a couple. You're growing, growth is taking place. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that, that there's actually a benefit to healthy conflict because it opens up possibilities. Like you said, Stephen, maybe I didn't see it that way, but I trust that my partner does. And, and of course that, that listening skill that you mentioned as well of just listening, what do I need to hear right now? And, and I like that we're taking a deep dive into this, 
you know, I didn't expect us to get into conflict the way we are, but, but it's so important to couples, yeah. you know, life, family, business, and, and how you maneuver through those challenging times. For conflict, whether it be in marriage or in relationships or in business, conflict is kind of like you have a boat and you've released the anchor and it's dragging and pulling you back. Until Mm -hmm. you address that conflict and pull up your anchor, you're not going to be able to get that ship moving forward as fast as you need it to, because it's always there in the background. And I don't like conflict so much as getting into a conversation and be like, hey, we have to talk about this elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes it. But as soon as you do, you realize it's, it wasn't as bad as you expected it to be. Mm-hmm. And things get resolved so much faster instead of letting it fester. Yeah, so important. So important. We can get stuck in all those difficult moments and yeah. then not move past them, which is which is detrimental. So, oh, we could we could go in a few different directions here, but I want to ask you, what do your parenting roles look like? You know, we've talked uh, uh, definitely about the dynamics of your relationship and business. Um, but when it comes to parenting, and and I know over the pandemic, especially, it's been uh, a bit challenging. But but explain what that looks like. How do you balance that? You know, sometimes like in, in parenting, like you start with your first child. And I, I've always joked about this and saying this, like your, your first kid is probably your ambition to become a parent because you, you have no like there's no before to compare it with you didn't have mm-hmm. kids and now you want and once you have your first child it's it's kind of up to you to to learn on the job to figure out what type of parent you are now obviously your school of thought kind of comes from how you've been parented as well um you know for both of us like we have completely diverse backgrounds in in that as well you know i grew up like my parents were pentecostal pastors so mm-hmm. it provide a very you know, tight to very direct and intentional environment, you know, to sort of grow up in. Um, so my dad worked in a homeless shelter and my mom worked in the hospital. And then actually when I was a teenager, my dad got sick. So it's a much different sort of upbringing that Stephen had because, well, it is different and it's the same because both sets of our parents were very much into nonprofit and people and community. And so that brings us together, but definitely culturally. Yeah, culturally, like I would say, you know, traditionally, uh, North American culture is a lot more individualistic. You know, you turn 18, you leave, you go get your life started. Your parents can, you know, they expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up in the Caribbean, our, our culture is a lot more communal, right? You right. tend to stick together as families for longer. So again, these, a lot of these things, um, uh, you know, what's how discipline looks like, how encouragement looks like. Those are all things that we brought into our relationship as parents and had to figure out, okay, um, here's our two schools of thought. How are we going to combine this and do it? And, you know, we recognize that over, like we have three three little girls now, that it it's switch. It, it, well, it has switched. It has evolved. They're all different and they've required a different way or pattern of thinking from us. You know, you yeah. you assume that they're getting the same love. They have the same two parents. They grew up in the same family. You know, they eat the same food. They go to the same places. It's <laughs> like, but they couldn't be more different. You, yeah. know, you give yeah. them all the same foundation. And if you're trying to be a, a great 
parent, you know, to a child, like, you know, quite often it's like, here's your idea of what to expect from them. But as they start growing, I think you have to be open to learning from them as well what works. Oh, without a doubt. That we can't be the same parent to, to all three. And, you know, I think in terms of the style that we're aspiring to be is authoritative parents, right? Um, and and in that sense, it's like we want them to see leadership and see opportunities and see protection and respect and stuff from us. But we also want it to be in a sense that it's not authoritarian where, you know, we tell them what to do, but we yep. encourage them, you know, what to do. It's like, for example, right now, you know, our, our evenings are full because they're all in different activities <laughs> from skating to soccer to gymnastics. And it's like, it's part of our goal to like, you know, we don't tell them what to do in the sense, but we want to open them up to different opportunities to allow them to see what their their passions and their skills and stuff are. You know, right now for two of our older kids, they're naturally sort of being drawn to entrepreneurial opportunities. Oh, that's interesting. In school. And, yeah. you know, the desire is like, hey, I know you're talking about wanting to build a logo and stuff like that. I could do that for you. I could show you how to do this <laughs> stuff. And it's like, no, you know what? Let's see what their ideas are. Let's encourage, yeah. let's provide constraints and like provide education for it, but not dampen the, 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 the spirit that's there. So there's so many encouraging things that we have to kind of decide, like, how do we foster the, the, what we're trying to, to build and encourage in them? you know, without sort of like getting in the way. But again, all of this, it's not a clear-cut conversation because no. we're still, you know, we're still influenced by the styles that we kind of both naturally have. And again, just with our personalities, our styles are different. If I don't look at it I in, in parenting like this, mm-hmm. I I could become more authoritarian in my style with, with yeah. my kids, right? And I don't want to get there. So it it has to be worked on. Yeah. And they're clearly watching you in in business. Like, you know, you've talked so much about building your business with family in mind and, and just, just having it mesh together the way that it does. They're obviously watching you. You could be influencing your, your kids to be entrepreneurs and they are not even really aware of that at this point, but they could be leaning towards that because of the examples that you are giving them. But I know Steven, I love this story and I hope you, you kind of um, build on it. And obviously uh, Melissa, I want to hear from you as well, but taking these non-traditional roles and, and being open and so involved in your kids' lives to have them get along the path they're supposed to be on, but you do your daughter's nails. I love the story that 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 you actually sit down with them and and you do those things that you know you don't typically hear dads doing. It wasn't always the plan. <laughs> Let me put it like that. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> right? It's it's kind of funny because like for I guess for anyone that that knows me, you know my style, the person that I am, my personality. Like what? That's what you do? Like. I mean, I'm a six-two, decently built, you know, like guy, and it's like, what? You, you have a Pinterest board and you, your daughter's <laughs> nails, and so good. I don't know if I should ask for more information. <laughs> you know, what do you do on what weekends? What else do I nervous. need to know? <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's another conversation. I won't go too deep into what else. But how this started was over the last two years, when home life everything kind of converged. I realized that, I mean, okay, 
just to start with, we've always said that the reason we're doing this, the reason we're doing business is for family. It became a necessity of doing family because we have families that love us. The only difference is most of them are far away. My family's in the Caribbean. Mel's family's in Vancouver. For the most part, you know, like like most families, you know, they have the ability to, hey, kid is sick. Let's drop them over at grandparents' homes or something like that. Yeah, you don't um, have that. We don't have that. So we've had to build our life in a way that we're able to support our kids through anything that they might need. That's that was the necessity that that forced us to to start, um, you know, our own our own business. But again, over the last two years, I realized that I was home more than I've ever been before. It also meant, by extension, because the kids were home, online learning and all this kind of stuff, they were also home more than they ever had before. And I realized we weren't any closer. Oh, I wow. was sitting yeah. right here in my office, and it just got me thinking. In the middle of my workday. I'm like, I could hear them upstairs. I could hear laughing. I could hear learning happening. And it's like, wait, we've been doing this for like a year and a half and it hasn't resulted in an advantage. Like typically, like, so if I'm here working this hard for them, why aren't they benefiting more from it right now? What a light bulb moment. It it hit hard. Mm-hmm. Right. And in that moment, I mean, without even like talking to Mel or anything at first, I was like, I need something. Again, I pride myself on being creative. I do it for our companies. I do it for clients. I'm like, what can I do that changes this narrative to give me the ability to spend time with them, to plant into their life, but in something that it gives them the opportunity to go out there and showcase this thing and be proud of it? And happy about it and yeah. give them this like you know yeah my dad did this right when we're out in public everybody's yeah. like oh did mommy do your nails and i'm like nope and they're like dad did it <laughs> the, the that's great on their face is like oh so so how this started was i'm like okay i mean i could do their hair but <laughs> i feel like i think you need to walk away from that like, like that's <laughs> I, I did think about it and i was like no, I want props for thinking about it. More, something a little <laughs> bit more creative. So, Kim, let me put it like this: I have not the girls, not Mel. I have a nail polish collection that I think most women would envy. I have all the tools. <laughs> I have like like. You should, We're learning so okay. much today, Stephen. This is like, great. I would walk into a Dollarama, for example, because I'm just looking to get a few different colors or something. And I'd walk out with like eight bottles of nail polish. I get to pay for it. <laughs> and, you know, the cashier's like, is this all, sir? Yeah, do you have more? <laughs> <laughs> right? And you should see something like, hey, I'm I, I, I'm securing who I am. Like, you know, I, <laughs> yes. I, I, so, you know, I walk out with it and, you know, I come home and I've set up a Pinterest board and it's called Daddy and Daughter. And love that look for styles that we like. And now, I mean, their nails are a lot smaller than an adult, for example. So there's not a whole lot of real estate, but because all three of them are different. So the ages are four, eight, and 10, nine, and 10. (laughs) Just had a birthday. Just had a birthday. Teamwork (laughs) at its best, right there. (laughs) Right. So, so it's like they want different things. And so I've had to come up with like, I'm talking about like, I have all the things to do the dots. I have the tape. I have 
So this is advanced nails. Everything. Yes. Nice. Yes. So it sometimes it takes about an hour and a half, like to do like all the stuff that they want to it. And, you know, by the time they're done, like the first time I did it, like my daughters went to school and they came back and they're like, dad, this is so cool. Like all my friends saw it. Like my teacher was talking about it and everybody thinks mom did it. You're all the talk. Yeah. Right. And she's like, my, my, all my friends wish their dads could do this stuff too. There's this proud sort of like factor that they have with them that Mm -hmm. it's like, I know dad does this and nobody else, you know, does it like this. And it helped them develop a little bit of an identity about it. But the, 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 the bottom line from that is I get to spend two hours with them That's doing right. this stuff and we're having conversations and we're laughing and we're talking and that's it what it's all about very often. And yes. honestly, the gap that I was feeling that I wanted to create something to, to do this with them for mm-hmm. this filled that now, I mean, could I imagine this like two years ago that this is what I'm having to do to do it, but honestly, I don't care. I love them when I needed to find another way to connect deeply. And this did it. So How for amazing. anybody out there, I think that like, just, just remember if you're running business and you're, you have a family, why are you doing the things that you're doing? And the thing is, if it's not what you wanted it to be, it's also entirely in your hands to change it again, to become, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's and obviously until it's too late. That's right. And obviously, Mel, you're okay with all of this. Uh, Nail, daddy, daughter, nail time. Is that, is that all good with you? Oh yeah. He, he, he wants to be invested in their lives and I can see how hard he has to work in our business that he needs to have that outlet with them. Like, I think as parents, you, everybody needs to have that outlet with their kids where they sit down and they get past the the fluff and stuff and can get deeper into like, okay, so what's really going on? Yeah. Why was today hard? Cause when you got off of school, like you acted this way and stuff was going on. So now that you've had a time to chill out, what's really going on? And yeah. It's that conversation, right? Yeah. 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 That's really what you're really, what you're saying here is it doesn't matter the activity you're getting to connect with your children in a way that, you were craving and that, you know, you said Mm -hmm. something so important. You can be under the same roof and be uh, hearing your kids upstairs laughing and and not connecting, not taking that time to connect. So you had that light bulb moment. I I just think that's such an important reminder for people as they listen to this. I know that we've discussed some, some core pieces of the puzzle of how that your business and your relationship and your parenting and yourselves really work together. Um, what nuggets of wisdom as we kind of wrap things up here, can you really add to this conversation for couples who may find themselves struggling or maybe need a little bit of wisdom to, to be able to operate together in business or even just as a family at home? I mean, you've already shared so many great nuggets, but, but Mel, let's start with you. What, what would you say? Life moves faster than we think it does. You hear people who are further along down the road and they talk about how like, hug your kids more because it's going to be over in the blink of an eye. And because of how fast it moves, you owe it to yourself, not even your family, but to yourself to take a time out and decide 
what am I really doing? Why am I really doing it? And how can I redirect and redesign my life to be what I actually want it to be? Because if you're sitting there working in your own business and you hate it, why are you doing that? If you're sitting somewhere in a company working for somebody and you wish you were running your own business, well, what is preventing you from taking Mm -hmm. that step to jump off and do it? Because it all comes down to risk and every single decision you make, positive or negative, is risky. And you get to choose your own risk because it's like those books, right? You choose your own adventure. But it's so easy to just float down the river and not redirect your life and make those big changes that you need to make. It's just everybody likes being comfortable and happy and floating along. So you need to decide what do you want? Why Mm -hmm. are you doing what you're doing? And how can you change it to being what you actually want to achieve? There's that saying where like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Mm -hmm. And it's because you have to stop decide what your end goal is, and then take the little tiny steps to get there because everything in life that's worth anything requires a lot of work by doing it little bits. Yeah. And you don't want to get down the road and have a boatload of regret for not doing what you, right? Because you can't change it then. I mean, you could maybe make some adjustments, but you can't go back. So what great advice from you. Yeah, I would so agree. What about you, Stephen? I mean, I love Mel's answer. What I would add to it is there has to be a component of self-care built into, uh, I think, at any individual that is doubling up in the role of parenthood and in business as well, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's not like we want to dwell on the conversation of, you know, the the nightmare that was the last two years. But the thing is, like, you know that, you know how how long it takes to for something to develop a habit? Well, the thing is, we all fell into bad habits because everything intersected. Home became the place where we ate, the place where we had fun, the place where there was entertainment, the place where there was learning, the place where there was hurt, the place where there was confusion and fear, and the place where work happened. And you can't separate emotions by your room. This bedroom was where this happened. This family room is where this happened. This room is where the office happened. It was just there. And the thing is, we mm-hmm. all lived in it. By osmosis, the things you struggled with, your kids struggled with. And by extension, the fears that they had as parents, you had to deal with and struggle with yourself as well. So the thing is, okay, great. We're out of this now. But the thing is, it was longer than 30 days. It was longer than 60 days. It was two years of doing this. Yeah. So the thing is, we all are walking around with like bits and pieces hanging to us still of places we've been uh, burns and hurts and, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And a yeah. big, big part of it is we've all struggled in isolation, not being able to see the friends and do the things and go to the places and have the conversations that we kind of wanted to. So, okay, how do we move forward with this? Well, we gotta, we gotta get some, there has to be some healing that, that happens. Yeah. Good right. Point. And that healing comes in the, like in several places. And I think, um, you know, for us, where we found that is, uh, our faith is a place that has grounded us through all of this. Mm-hmm. Our faith, uh, you know, the church that we attend, the, uh, you know, our, our belief system, the community that we have through church, it's provided a family outside that we knew we could count on support for. Yeah. And the thing is, if you don't have that, 
like you owe it to yourself to find a place where you could feel supported. And that could come from a group of friends. It could come from, you know, neighbors. It could come from your, mm-hmm. your, I don't know, a, a group at school or whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. You have to find yourself in a place where you don't feel isolated anymore. Because the thing yeah. is like, as much as we've all emerged from this, like we're all beaten and hurting, you know, some people might yeah. show it and a lot of people won't. So the, thing yeah, is, the impact is here huge. Is, yeah. The impact is find something for you. The other thing is for us, what became really important was to get guidance, professional guidance as well. Throughout this whole process, we've still been able to engage with our coaches. And it's something that we would strongly ad- advise. One of our clients is also one of our coaches as well. And we are coached individually for because we have challenges that are individual to us. Yes. Different personalities. Our roles in our family and business are different. So we're yeah. coached individually. And then we're also coached together as a unit, together as a mm-hmm. as a as a team, just Mel and I. And that brings out different conversations. Yeah. So again, find your support system. If one doesn't exist, rebuild it. You owe it to yourself to get those people around you. Again, that could be your cheerleaders. And yeah. trust me, as much as you think that you might be in a situation where you don't have any, like there are other people just like you and they'll have, they'll be happy to return the favor. Hey, I'll share you on, you share me on. Yeah. You may not have had yeah. that relationship before, but people are open to it. Yeah, that's so. that's a challenge everybody needs to jump on. I agree with you that we we were not created to do life alone. And the one Absolutely. thing this pandemic is has done is is that isolation. And um, and I think that people are realizing maybe more than ever how important that is to find that community and to find that that grounding and that foundation that is just so critical to doing life. So thank you to both of you. I love how real you both are. And I know. Yeah, it's a longer podcast today, but I like it. You authentically show up and share your hearts. And there was just so much value in what you shared. And and it's important because people want honest answers to real problems. And I feel like we really accomplished that today. We took that deep dive and uh, that was so valuable. So thank you for being you and for sharing how you both work together to solve some challenging situations in your lives and your businesses and your family. It's truly been a pleasure talking with you and sharing some of your B-sides. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been Absolutely. a pleasure chatting with you as well. Yes, and thank you to our listeners. Thanks uh, for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Business B-Side. Thank you for tuning in to the Business B-Side podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Channel One Productions, a media company on a mission to offer life-changing resources and experiences to people just like you. Stay up to date on our latest news at kimwestland.ca. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to the Business B-Side on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your own favorite podcatcher. Catch you next time on the B-Side.